0: This morning, uh, we celebrate Catechetical Sunday. It's a very special weekend in which we uh, give thanks to God for all of those people who uh, take on the role of teacher, especially for our young people. In a particular way, we uh, call to mind our religious education teachers who come to the parish on Tuesdays and Thursdays, Tuesdays and Wednesdays to teach, and then they also come on Sunday evenings to teach. Then We also have a number of uh, public school and parochial school teachers within our parish. We're very grateful for the way that they give of their time in service of our young people. And then also uh, to any parents of school-aged children, uh, we're grateful for you. if You take seriously uh, the beautiful gift of being the first teacher of your children in the ways of faith. Uh, very grateful. And today we're going to have a special blessing before Mass is over because we want to give you uh, every strength that we can, every blessing that we can uh, to be able to give you the grace that you need to live out your vocation as teachers. So thank you. Uh, for all that you do, very, very much. Paul, in one of his writings, says that faith comes through hearing. Faith comes through hearing. That is, that we receive a word of what God is doing in the world, and we receive in our heart a seed of faith, and that seed of faith begins to grow, and that's how we receive the gift of faith, is that faith comes through hearing who Jesus Christ is and what he's doing in our lives and in our world. How many of you have ever heard of the phrase, um, it goes something like this, it's preach the gospel at all times and when necessary use words. How many of you just by a show of hands have heard of that phrase? (laughs) Preach the gospel at all times and when necessary use words. I've just been convicted in my prayer more and more lately that I don't like that phrase. (laughs) Because I think in a lot of ways, it's become something of a cop out. It's become something of a cop out in which we can just say to ourselves, well, we can do just good works, and then somehow, through some mystical way, our influence is going to somehow bring someone to Jesus Christ just by doing something nice for them. The reality is that all of our good works are useless. if they're not connected to the proclamation of Jesus Christ. They're useless if they're not connected to the proclamation of Jesus Christ and who he is and what he's done for our world. I'm convicted more and more of our needs to actually speak the name of Jesus with love, be able to tell people that Jesus loves them, because if we're not sharing that story about Christianity, that Jesus loves them, they are getting another message, and it's not the Christian one. Our culture is just bombarding people with different messages. And if we're not speaking the name of Jesus, they're listening to something else. So we have a responsibility and a duty to be 11 in our society to speak the name of Jesus with great love. And be able to tell people how much God loves them and desires to have a relationship with them. If there's nothing else that we teach our children, it's that reality. That God has created them in a special way for a relationship with Him. And the essential message that the apostles preached immediately following Pentecost when they came out of the upper room, and it is said that on the day of Pentecost, three thousand more disciples were added to their name and they were baptized because of their preaching. They received the gift of the Holy Spirit. And they were preaching who Jesus was, and that's actually, there's a word to proclaim what they were saying, and it's a Greek word. And that word is kerygma. The kerygma is the essential proclamation of Jesus Christ and who he is for our world and what he's come to do for us. There was a school in Anago, I saw a picture of this school in Anago that had on the wall of their school, they had the kerygma, and then they had like the five essential points of what the kerygma are. And I'm just going to go through shortly today in this homily uh, what these five points of the kerygma are. So that every kid who enters the school has an understanding of what is the proclamation of the gospel. What is it? Is it just to do good for other people? No, it's a lot more than that. It's a lot more than that. So what is the first message, what is the first part of the kerygma? I kind of already touched on it. That God loves me unconditionally and has created me for relationship with him. That God loves me unconditionally. That means that nothing I can do can prevent God from loving me. Nothing I do can make God stop loving me. That from all creation, from the moment of creation, god had in his mind you and he loved you from the very beginning and that is never going to stop and that's never going to change he always has loved you that's the first part of the kerygma and he desires to have a relationship with you the second is this that i have broken my relationship with god through my sin that I, notice that I have broken my relationship with God through my sin. Do you notice that it's not that Jesus or God cuts me off from him because of my sin? God doesn't cut me off. No, I've, I'm the one who's turned away. I'm the one who's chosen to go after, in our first reading it says, false idols. I'm the one who's chosen to go after something else that is not God. That is not Jesus. And I've substituted other things for who God has created me to be, and that is loving him. We have in the gospel, the sheep, right? The sheep who goes astray. So many different ways we we go astray, right? But we know that God isn't content just to let us go astray, but that the third part of the kerygma is this, that Jesus restores my relationship with God through his life, death, and resurrection. That God the Father sent his son into the world on our rescue mission. To take us from the kingdom of darkness into which we belong and to bring us into the kingdom of light. To bring us into the kingdom of righteousness. To bring us into the kingdom of heaven. bring us into the kingdom of love. God sent his son Jesus to save us. He does it by entering into the very reality that we're a slave to, sin without being sinful himself, without ever committing a sin, he enters into the dysfunction of the world entirely, and it washes over him, and he goes so deep that he actually is killed because of it. And he explodes it from within in his beautiful resurrection. The Father sent his son Jesus on a rescue mission. He restores my relationship to God through his life, death, and resurrection. But it's not enough that God does something. There's a part in our heart that we have to respond to, and that's the fourth part of the charisma, that Jesus invites me to trust him, to turn from sin, and to give my life to him. This is a response of a human heart. It says that Jesus invites me to trust him, to turn from sin, and to give my life to him. Why would I do that? because he's a good father and he doesn't hold out on me he's a good dad he's like the shepherd that goes in search of the one lost one he leaves the 99 in search of the one that's just crazy if you're worrying about the 99 but he doesn't worry about them he worries about the one that's lost and that's you and that's me he goes out and he searches for them that's why Jesus is trustworthy because his love is just ridiculous It doesn't make sense, but it's true. Jesus invites me to trust him, to turn from sin and to give my life over to him. As Catholics, we celebrate that reality beautifully in the sacrament of confession. Confess our sin and we allow the Father to receive us again. We allow his warmth to come into our heart. To be freed from so many of the things that we just hold on to that God is just desperately begging us to let go of because those things enslave us and he wants to give us freedom but it's not enough right? just to come to confession and be restored to right relationship because there is a world out there that needs to know this and that brings the fifth part of the kerygma is that Jesus has poured the Holy Spirit into my heart to bring me to new life in his church. He's poured the Holy Spirit into my heart to bring me to new life in his church. And that's the part about the mission. That once we've encountered the grace of God, we're sent forward on mission to bring as many people as we can to that same encounter of grace with God. That's the reality of the mission that we've been given that our lives are not our own, that they've been bought at the precious blood of Jesus Christ, and that he's claimed them for himself. I know many people experience the grace of the Holy Spirit, right? We have the beautiful gifts of baptism and confirmation, don't we? Those beautiful gifts of the Holy Spirit that are given to us in those beautiful sacraments. But unless we've actually personally been given the gift of the Holy Spirit, unless we've allowed the Holy Spirit to shake us up, we live like so many other people who perhaps even don't even know what it is to be saved by Jesus. We live like anyone else in the world who lives in a secular culture. How is it possible? Imagine for a moment that like, your life, your soul, is a glass of 2% milk. It's not skim, because skim isn't milk. All right? It's 2% milk. Imagine that you take chocolate syrup and that you pour that chocolate syrup into this glass of milk. What does it do? It just naturally settles at the bottom, right? It just goes to the bottom and it just stays there. It doesn't actually sweeten the rest of the milk. It just stays on the bottom. I think for many of us, that's our experience of the Holy Spirit is that we know it's there. We know somehow, well, yeah, I was baptized. I was confirmed, okay. I know God gives me some gifts for that. But the Holy Spirit hasn't stirred my heart. It hasn't shaken me up to be filled with the sweetness of God, to be filled with His love, and to be able to share that with others. But I was going to ask you a question How many of you experience this call of the Holy Spirit, this call of the church for us to evangelize as something of a burden? How many of us experience that as a burden? We experience the call to evangelize, to share the name of Jesus as a burden because our heart hasn't been awakened by the Holy Spirit. Because we haven't been set on fire with the love of God. Paul says in Scripture and other places, he says, to fan and to flame the gift of the Holy Spirit that's been given to you. If you haven't, in your own life, known what it's like to be loved by Jesus, know what it's like to be just touched by the grace of God, pray for that gift. Pray for that gift. Because otherwise, we're just going to be like the rest of our culture. It just goes along with the flow. It hasn't received the power of the Holy Spirit from on high to change the world and to reclaim it for Jesus Christ, who is King. So just in brief, in summary, five parts of the kerygma, the essential proclamation of the Christian message. And God loves me unconditionally and has created me for relationship with himself. And through my sin, I've broken that relationship. But the Father sends Jesus in his life, death, and resurrection to restore my relationship with God. And that Jesus invites me to trust him, to turn from my sin, and to give my life to him. And that Jesus has poured the Holy Spirit into my heart to bring me to new life in his church. As we begin a new school year, God is always about doing more. God is always about giving us more. He's always about making something new. Just pray for the grace to be able to receive what it is that God wants to do. Pray for the grace of the more. Pray for that grace today.